The Public News Service Daily Newscast, January the 24th, 2022. I'm Mike Clifford. First to Massachusetts, where parents, educators, and school nurses are calling on the governor there, Charlie Baker, to take steps toward a comprehensive state-run COVID-19 protection plan. They say with the Omicron variant causing surges in hospitalizations across Massachusetts, the Commonwealth needs a state-run in-school vaccination program, state-sponsored distribution of high-quality masks, and a state-coordinated, state-financed, and transparent testing program for every school district. Jacqueline Velez is a parent of a public school student in Springfield. You would not send a fireman into a burning building without protective gear. Police are on the streets without a means to communicate with their counterparts. So during a global pandemic, why would we send teachers and public school staff into school buildings without the best possible accommodations we can send them in with? COVID-19 vaccination rates among children 5 to 11 years old are low in some of the Commonwealth's poorest communities. Less than 20% of younger kids are vaccinated in Athol, Fall River, New Bedford, Brockton, and Springfield. I'm Lily Bulky reporting. Baker announced plans last week to provide rapid at-home test kits to schools and child care providers as the existing state-run testing system has been strained by the latest surge. Meantime, January saw some Minnesota schools move back to distance learning because of COVID-19 cases. States like Minnesota have opted to use an extra form of federal relief for when schools shift to remote learning. Households can receive pandemic EBT cards, which are loaded with a certain amount of money for each day a child is forced to stay home. Bukata Hayes, who helps oversee racial and health equity for Blue Cross Blue Shield in Minnesota, says even when it's just temporary, lack of access has a big impact. The notion that students who are hungry prior to engaging in learning see if you will diminish academic outcomes co- compared to those who uh, have access to nutritional meals. The federal government is still providing free meals to all students when they're in school, but that expanded program is due to expire this summer, renewing calls for permanent universal free meals. Opponents generally cite cost concerns and worry it will reach some who don't need it, but supporters say it removes stigma while reducing administrative burdens. I'm Mike Moen. More details on the pandemic EBT program can be found on the website for Hunger Solutions. And for CNBC, the State Department Sunday ordered the families of all American personnel at the U.S. Embassy in Ukraine to leave the country amid heightened fears of a Russian invasion. Their report, the move came amid rising tensions about Russia's military buildup on the Ukraine border that were not eased during talks Friday between Secretary of State Anthony Blinken and the Russian Foreign Minister in Geneva. This is PNS. Advocates for older New Yorkers say Governor Kathy Hochul's proposed executive budget leaves people living in nursing homes behind by not addressing a key program. AARP New York and other groups working on behalf of seniors say $20 million is needed for the long-term care ombudsman program, which serves as an independent advocate for nursing home residents and their families. Bill Ferris with AARP New York says the program is underfunded and understaffed, and these residents deserve more, especially during a pandemic. And unfortunately, 15,000 residents died in nursing homes. So in AARP's opinion, we really need to beef up the voice of the resident in the facilities all across New York. A 2019 report by the state comptroller's office found that 30% of the long-term care facilities in New York had not been visited by an ombudsman. The comptroller's audit also confirmed a need for additional funding. 
I'm Michaela Savitt reporting. And recent data on ocean conditions could be good news for struggling salmon in the Northwest, but advocates for the species warn this isn't enough to stop their alarming slide. More on that from Eric Tegedoff. The National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration is expecting ocean waters to remain cold and more food abundant for the fish along the West Coast. However, Miles Johnson with Columbia Riverkeeper notes this doesn't necessarily mean better conditions for a crucial part of their lives in the rivers where salmon spawn. It's good to be in a good cycle, but what this is is an opportunity to fix the problems that we have in the freshwater and jumpstart some kind of recovery. It's not going to get us out of the hole that we're in. Climate change is another factor. A recent study from Columbia University's Earth Institute shows land temperatures are increasing two and a half times faster than ocean temperatures, meaning wildlife in land and river systems are more vulnerable to the warming climate. Opponents of dam removal say they provide irrigation, renewable energy, and transportation for the region. Finally, our Suzanne Potter tells us consumer advocates are speaking out on a ballot initiative that would reform California's so-called Lemon Law. Current law allows people who have been defrauded or sold a defective product to sue for damages plus attorney's fees. The ballot initiative would limit the plaintiff's attorneys to 20% of the amount recovered. Longtime activist Rosemary Shahan founded Consumers for Auto Reliability and Safety. She says that change would hobble the victims, but says nothing about the amount big companies can spend to defend the suits. It would make it practically impossible for consumers to get an attorney and fight back in court when they've been victimized by a really unsafe product or fraud. This is Mike Clifford. Thank you for starting your week with Public News Service member and listener supported. Heard on great radio stations. Find our trust indicators at publicnewsservice.org.